All right, here we are, the third episode of the Building Walls podcast. And I think this one, I think you're going to get fired up, Chris. I think... Uh, I always get fired up whenever you say building walls, building walls, do it. Yeah, this is uh, a little more controversial, I guess you can say. And the biggest thing I want to really focus on is who do you listen to for advice? Where do you get your advice from? When you get your advice, yeah. <laughs> when you get your advice, what do you what do you do with it? Do you do you verify your source, right? Do you uh, do you actually think about and look at the agenda behind it? And the first place I was thinking about starting is, <clears throat> you know, when it when it comes to spousal relationships or significant others. What are some common pitfalls that you've experienced or see? And what are some things that you think people should do when looking for advice and when they're taking advice from someone? Wow, that's like a loaded question, man. Why are you, come on. <laughs> you do, you should, uh, you should be careful, you know? You gotta, I think it's not even a simple answer honestly, because it's just something that you develop over time and, uh, you know, by building a relationship, right? You, you, you can't just walk up to somebody on the street and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And then that's the gospel, you know, that's not going to work. Right. But people do that, right? It's amazing. All, all the time. It's called the internet. Yeah. They got, got a post from Jimmy in Southern California that knows everything about everything. So Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I was thinking is, you know, you have to be careful, especially in a relationship, if you're going to take advice um, or share your marital or spousal issues with someone that you know is going to have a very biased opinion. Right. And sometimes it may be your parents, sometimes it may be your mom, your dad, your best friend. Uh, it can be a variety of different people, um, but sometimes it's not, right? Sometimes... Uh, it is your parents who have a very good good way of looking at at all sides of the situation. And I think part of that too, if you're soliciting advice or looking for advice, is that we have to share share the whole story. And that's often very difficult for anyone to accomplish, right? And that's... Yeah, I mean, here, but see, Chad, here's the thing. Here's the hard part is people go, well, but that's my mom and dad. That's my cousin. That's my brother. <laughs> and, you know, th that somehow makes you smarter than, you know, uh, a scientist researcher at the CDC, you know, for example, with what's going on with COVID, you know, because, right, we've all got $6.5 billion to spend on our own personal research, uh, as opposed to what those people do every single day, you know, studying pandemics. I don't know, whatever. That's neither here nor there. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, they, they fall into that trap. Like, well, my mom, my mom and dad, you know, that's my dad. My mom said this. And they told me what to do. And yes, there's an inherent they should care. But that doesn't default that they do. Or that they're capable of knowing what they're talking about. Because they're just people. By mom and dad, you mean uh, the two people who knocked boots and like made you on a one, you know, 
in the backseat of a car with some grief right. farm? You know, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. I mean, and, and they're going to base off, not only are they going to base their experience in most cases off, or they're going to base their advice off of their own experience, but they're going to look at it through the filter of, they don't want to see their kid be, be hurt in any way. Right. So right. it's not that they don't have good advice or won't have good advice or never have. Um, we just have to always think about the lens of what that advice. Right. Uh, it's kind of like this with. podcast, man, because we started this building walls. If you're tuning in for the first time or you've listened to the last two, you might be like, why would I listen to you guys? You shouldn't. The answer is you shouldn't. But by the 40th episode, maybe we'll have a track record by then. And you'll kind of know what you're going to get and know where we're mm -hmm. at. And if you line up with that, then you should, that's how you should listen. You build a relationship. And relationships take time. You have to engage. You have to have back and forth. You have to have something in there that accrues for time. Because you can't just walk up and be like, oh, I listened to this podcast. And, oh, those guys were awesome, man. And, and what they said was amazing. It might have been. But that doesn't mean that you should take advice from it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I would agree with you 100% is that you have to really understand what we're trying to do. And you may not agree with all of it. You may agree with some of it. But no matter what in life is, there's two things for sure, right? Is you shouldn't take advice from everybody. Um, and the second thing is you should find a few people that you can take advice from. Uh, Barack Obama right now? <laughs> you're like talking you're like, the first thing is, yeah. you don't take advice from everybody? <laughs> I don't think we want to get into the impersonation, but Chris, why not? If I had one thing, the first thing I would say is that there's only so many people we should take advice from. Whether you're looking at Nancy Pelosi as the Speaker of the House, or you're looking at the Senator. Mitch McConnell, he's also, you know, he's on, on the other side. We're always fighting a war, but that's a war that we have to fight. <laughs> since 1865, brother. <clears throat> so with that, um, you know, to go along with this looking advice and who you take advice from, I started looking at some different facts and figures. And uh, one thing that struck me or struck me as a very peculiar Rule change was in the NFL, where they're now rewarding teams who hire minority coaches or general managers. And I know there's a few different things involved there, but um, you said something earlier just before we started recording about your thoughts thoughts on that that I thought was pretty pretty striking. Well, I mean, it's just like anything else, like. You're trying to change behavior, and so what you do is you go from one side of the ditch to the other, and you you reward the other side of the behavior. But nothing says inequality more than rewarding, uh, you know, one side for doing, you know, what you want them to do, instead of allowing for the best candidates to come in place. So, really, what needs to happen in any organization is there needs to be clear, concise. Um, criteria for the positions that are being held i mean everybody knows if you want to be a head coach in the nfl it takes a certain certain skill set uh and there's lots of them that have failed and there's some that are great bill belichick's of the world they're amazing but you know what do, do i get the good old boy club sure yeah it sucks it's not impossible to penetrate though that's for sure 
I mean, take Mike Tomlin. I would take Mike Tomlin as my head coach any day of the week. Oh, yeah. Here in Detroit. I'd be like, bye. Bye, Matthew, Patricia. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out because I think Mike Tomlin's a better a better coach. We, we've also had Caldwell there. Caldwell here. And he was awesome. He was a good coach. I think he took us to a good, good spot. And so that has less to do with the skin. But they're looking at the league overall and going, well, these numbers don't add up and we don't have enough of this and it's like anytime you start getting going down that road i mean you're hurt you're hurting them more than you're helping them just then hey because you're black we're gonna get an extra draft draft pick come on i mean come on right and that that you know also begs begs the question of what if at that moment when you are hiring what if there aren't any black candidates out there now of course that is very very rarely the case but it sets a precedent that teams are going to focus or maybe choose the wrong candidate because they would rather have a draft pick. I mean, how would you feel if you got hired and you know in the back of your head that, hey, good news, next year in the third round, we get an extra pick because they hired me? Right. Uh, uh, congratulations. I hope you win more games because of that. I mean, think about what that's got to set the precedent for you that, you know, what if there's always that thought in the uh, back of head that uh, you got hired? Not, not, not because you were the best candidate. Yeah, how about this? How about the extra added pressure now? Because, like, the other side goes, yeah, we even gave you extra draft picks and we yeah. still kick your ass. That's why we don't <laughs> hire black people. Great, great. That's real self-defeating. I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, why, why do that? Right, um, and I think there – yeah, I mean, you're – you make a lot of good points there. And one thing that I was looking at, so this is the census data. This is not me making up numbers. This is from the Census Bureau. So these numbers are pulled from estimates from July of 2018. Um, this says, this is the percentage of Americans by race. So white alone, not Hispanic or Latino percentage is 60%. There's also another one that says white alone is 76.5%. Not sure what the difference differences. Um, but then it comes down to black or African American alone, and it says 13.4%. So let's meet somewhere in the middle and say there's five times more white people than there are black people in the US. So if we're setting laws and trying to make these things equal, like you said, I mean, we're by default, working to make them not equal, because that means there should be a far more majority of white people in these positions than there are blacks. Not, and it's not, it's not because I'm white or you're white. It's literally because the numbers say there's five times more white people than there are black people in the U S. Right. So, I mean, when have you ever heard that conversation come up when people are looking to enact rules or laws or changes and, and what law or rule is going to change the way people act? right? You can't put a law and say you must act in a certain manner. You must feel in a certain manner. A law is you know not going to do that. There's always going to be problems every generation as long as we keep treating them like they're a special case. You got to let people play the game. The <clears> rules <throat> are the rules. And you got to let them play the game. If you handicap other people from playing the game, it's going to create division. It's going to create animosity. It's going to be like, well, because that person's getting favored, you know, they're getting accepted into universities that they shouldn't, uh, you know, otherwise get into, or, 
you know, my kid didn't get in because they weren't black. Let's say, yeah. you know, it goes the other way. Um, how about, you know what, my kid's a running back. You know how many white running Christian McCaffrey is like leading the way for white running backs in the NFL. Uh, that's one out of 32 that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> 31 others, I'm pretty sure, are African-American. So are we going to have balance there? Are we going to break it down? Or are we just saying, oh, well, you know, got to let that ride. How about Black History Month? You going to keep doing that nonsense? Oh, well, we got to have a month for Black History Month. I mean, come on. It's, it's just history. It's not Black history. It's just history. Stop changing the narrative. Stop changing what happened and making it a focal point. Just be. And then work to be better. Be better. If, there's, if there is egregiences, you know, or grievances uh, that are right there, and I'm saying that there are. That's the thing. There always is going to be. There's always going to be. That's always going to happen because we're in the world. It's never going to stop. And so when you see it, we got to stand up and we got to fight that uh, collectively as a, a society. But by and large, making a rule is not helping them. It's actually doing uh, a disservice, in my opinion. Right. And it's like you said, making a very good point that no matter who you are or what position you're in, you know, at some point you're always going to be treated unfairly. And all you can do is work on yourself to make yourself better, to put yourself in a position to win. At some point, if you're doing the right things and if you're taking personal responsibility and you're not trying to change a narrative, <laughs> instead you're, you're trying to make a narrative for yourself, you're going to come out on top in the end in whatever it is. So stop trying to force things to to change from an outside perspective and make them change yourself yeah and you know go along this this whole line of making things change yourself and and who to take advice from i think you know there's a lot going on right now with the whole coronavirus and uh it just it drives me wild seeing all this stuff on social media or hearing people talk about coronavirus is the worst thing ever coronavirus isn't the worst thing ever people are overblowing it people are underestimating it you know like whatever it is everyone has has their own opinion right but what do the numbers say what are the facts facts behind it <clears throat> and what i'm noticing is that no no matter what you have to go out and live your own your own life right you can't wait for someone to put a rule on you. And that's what's happening with a lot of small businesses is because of these rules that are being put on them. It's inhibiting them from even living a life from, from even making an income. I mean, I was talking to a guy who owns rental prop properties and it's interesting that, you know, even though businesses can get the part of the payroll protection plan, well, what happens if you have a business like a rentals and you don't have employees? It's you. You own a piece of property, right? So you're not going to get any government protection money. But what happens if those people, those businesses that you own are closed down and you're not bringing in any income for them? How do you make your payment? Yeah. Or you're a landlord and, and your people decide, well, we're not paying rent. 
Right. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, God, this is, whew, what a topic. <laughs> I, I do think that people don't know how to source information. And unfortunately, it's kind of the good and the bad, the ugly with, you know, social media. Social media, you know, is great for sharing pictures of your family and good times and, you know, maybe rallying and getting support and help for, you know, community in need. But one, unfortunately, what it's also turned into is the opportunity for people to be able to voice their opinion as uneducated as it might be without filter. Because some of the stuff people say, uh, honestly, it looks and appears that they have never been punched in the face and it shows by their status updates. (laughs) Because you would never say that to another person or you would never get into it, you know, the way people do on Facebook and these threads going back and forth. That would never happen in person but the keyboard warrior oh yeah and a spreading of mistruths or however they see it you know like gosh yeah this guy from high school that doesn't do anything still lives in his mom's basement but man he's he's well spoken he says it he says it's good man he repeats those those talking points to a perfection and and it's just amazing to me how mad and emotional people are getting without being able to make decisions for themselves and look, I'm sorry. Here's the deal. Uh, we, live, we live a life. We don't, yes, we live in America. Yes, that's a country. But in the world, uh, and we have some structure in the world, otherwise we would have anarchy and chaos. But I don't need a government to tell me what to do. That is, we've gotten to a place in our lives and what we've accepted as you know these people are ruling class if you will like somehow donald trump is going to tell me what i should and should not take or what uh you know in our case the governor here in michigan governor whitmer is going to allow me to open up my business or not you know what that's not how we work that's not how life should be if people die they need to be notified and given the risks and then be able to make their own choice. If someone wants to ignore, if, if the CDC were to come out and say, uh, we've studied these diseases, we think that uh, you know, based on what we've learned, you should maintain social distance, wear a mask, et cetera. Then do it or do it not, but that's your choice, right? Hey, by the way, if somebody doesn't wanna do it, I don't have to go near them, right? If I'm terrified, if I'm on the side of like, I live in terror and I never want to do another thing, guess what? Stay in your house. I'll never come in contact with anybody that's not wearing a mask or has been exposed. But I shouldn't be able to tell my neighbor, oh, you, by the way, you got to stay in your house too. Like, come on. That's where the line is. And that's what we did. Right, if you're going to wear a mask just because someone else tells you to, but you don't even understand how the virus spreads, how the virus grows or dies, or even acknowledge the fact that that cashier at the grocery store that touches every one of your groceries that may have been touched on the shelf by 20 other people that is wearing the same gloves they've worn all day, that has touched their face and then put their mask back on with the same gloves 
or whatnot. I mean, whatever it is, right? We could go on and on about the amount of people who could touch these same things and the cross-contamination and all that and not even acknowledge the fact that wear a mask or not, it's your choice. And then look at something from two months ago where they already understood how the virus spread. And it was the question of, oh, you don't have to wear a mask. But now it's, oh, you should wear a mask 100%. You know, I mean, let's let's really look at the 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 different areas and the potential agendas of these things occurring. And all the news is going to do, anything that stirs up in the media or social media or anything like that that grabs people's attention is always negative, right? So think about that the next time that you look for advice from 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 someone right because gossip spreads far faster than the truth right gossip spreads far faster than the truth so we always have to be careful who we're who we're listening to where we're getting that information from and make sure that the one thing i always look at if if somebody wants to argue with me is that can they argue my point of view at all Hmm. i don't expect them to be proficient in my point of view but can they argue at all because if they can't, they can never understand it. And same with you, right? If you can't argue the other point of view, then you can't understand it. And don't try to force that opinion on some, someone else. And don't try to give them unsolicited advice. Yeah. At the end of the day, it always, 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 always comes back down to prioritization. And people can get as fired up as they want. They can say, look, you're like, I just saw a, a senator ask Steve Mnuchin, the treasury secretary, uh, how many lives is it worth to get the GDP up 5,000 points? Uh, you know, which is a ridiculous question. That's, I mean, that's just blatant stupidity. And right. the fact what that if? that guy's a leader in our country and has been elected just represents, you know, <clears throat> that's, that's the part that they don't understand. These people, they represent their constituents and they better not ask such stupid questions because if my congressperson did that, I would be in their office tomorrow, you idiot. You don't ask questions like that because it's not an either or binary situation. You can actually you can actually be safe and actually understand that. Yes, okay. How many? Well, how many lives? The, the the reverse question is: Well, how many lives is it worth? Suicide, mental health, illness, um, uh, you know, eventual uh, starvation, and um, you, you know, homelessness. Is that worth for you to keep everybody home? Go ahead, take your time. Yeah, and the, you know, like the, these senators, they're so you know flippant about their answers, and they're they're just uh, it's just a sad state. You know, the our actual country as a whole, and I believe that the leadership model is actually outdated. I'm not even gonna say broken because it still works, but it's just outdated. It can be a, a thousand times better. That's a podcast for another time, though. Yeah, yeah, right. Things, uh, things can always improve and get and get better. And if we're not, uh, if we're not working towards that goal, then we should take a step back and and think about it. Right? Um, what goals are we looking at, especially when it comes to within the family and within the people around you? You know, your friends, and always make sure that we're that we're one. We're not saying stupid things. We're thinking about them. We're thinking about where we're taking advice from. We're Uh, backing up all of our points and we just have a better understanding of all sides of the story and I think that until we get to that point where we can truly argue and understand the other viewpoint of other people until we get 
get to that point and make it a focus as a nation, uh, things are just going to continue to be divisive. And, exactly. you know, I hope that someday, one day, people who listen to this uh, really take a hold of points like that and some of this stuff and just, and just understand that it's not, uh, it's not all about your thoughts and your opinions and that people are going to have differing points of view. So learn about them, ask right. some questions, understand it. That way, when someone asks you about advice, you can give some pretty darn good advice, right? That's what building walls is all about. Yeah, buddy. All right, cool. Thanks uh, for another great episode, Chris. Yeah, we'll crush it next week. We'll yeah, get into some, some of that stuff. other stuff. That'll be good.